0: Hi everybody, thanks for joining me here on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga. I am a yoga teacher with many years of experience, a certified personal trainer, and an entrepreneur. My mission is to show you how to get confident, speak clearly, feel authentic, grow your impact, earn your worth, and build a community. For years I've been working with teachers in my signature program, the Yoga Anatomy Blueprint Learning Program, and I've seen so many teachers transform and I can help you get there too. On the podcast, you'll hear anatomy lessons, stories from teachers, interviews with others in the field, and a dose of personal development. In addition to the podcast, don't forget to also follow me on Instagram and TikTok, for daily videos on teaching topics. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, and this is episode 218. So, I'm recording this episode on Thursday, December 15th, which happens to be my mom's 80th birthday. I'm just so excited. I'm going to actually be uh, participating in a little surprise over the next couple of days for her, and I'm just so excited about it. I'll tell you more about that in the next episode. And you're going to be hearing this sometime after the um, 15. I'm sorry, the 19th, Monday, the 19th, this will go live 2022. So we are definitely in winter here in Boston. It is cold. It is snowy. And uh, with that, just the seasonal changes that come, exercising inside, drinking a lot of tea. I I bought this really cool, uh, immunity tea the other day that doesn't taste so good, but hopefully it keeps my immunity boosted. Uh, so I'd love to know what kinds of things you do when it gets cold outside to stay comfy, to stay healthy. So send me a DM on Instagram and, and let me know the other, um, just personal thing I'll share, uh, in terms of comfort and homey comfort, is, and I think I've mentioned this before, I am obsessed with the show, The Lost Kitchen. I really do think I've mentioned this before. Um, If I haven't, I'll just mention it now. I just actually finished all of the episodes. There's three seasons posted and it's about Erin French and she owns a restaurant, a really popular restaurant in Maine. And the show is all about her, uh, her restaurant and her kitchen family, as she calls them. And each episode is centered around a particular dinner because it's all dinners that are, um, a fixed price menu. So everybody comes at the same time. It seats 50 people. It's just an amazing show. And the other thing I just found, which I never even knew she had was an online shop and her website i just took a look at the other day i'm definitely going to buy her cookbook so if you're into cooking if you're into cooking shows that i would definitely recommend uh, uh, along with the um stanley tucci show which is searching for italy and that gives you travel and cooking and of course is focused on italian food and i'm also really excited because i am going to italy i Finally booked a trip to Italy in May of next year. I'm going to be going to Tuscany. So I am just super excited for that. And it's actually a yoga related retreat run by a friend of mine, Molly Casto. So if you're interested in going to Tuscany for a week, staying at this beautiful villa, uh, you can DM me for the information or you can just Google yoga teacher Molly Casto, C-A-S-T-O. She's been on the podcast before and she and her friend are hosting this retreat and there are limited spots available. So if you are interested in going, uh, check it out soon, it's going to be a blend of both yoga and, uh, um, I was going to say traveling, obviously traveling, uh, yoga and sightseeing. So it's definitely not a teacher training. It's more an opportunity to definitely practice yoga and also to see, Tuscany and this region. So check that out. I am so excited to be going. So today, what I wanted to start out with might initially sound like a little bit of a different topic. (laughs) Um, It's just something that number one, I, I want you to be aware of if it hasn't hit your radar yet, because it's just such a topical thing in, um, in the world right now. And it's really kind of exploding. So if you haven't yet heard about chat GPT, I want to tell you about it. Now, of course you might immediately think, why is Karen talking about this? What does this have to do with yoga teaching? So I'm going to make a connection to you, uh, make a connection to yoga for you, uh, about this topic. And the reason I'm doing that is because Over the past 48 hours, my TikTok feed has been flooded with videos about chat GPT. And in fact, several of the videos talk about yoga teachers, yoga studios, as it relates to accessing this new technology or this new tool. So I want to just tell you a little bit about what it is. And if you are starting to see these videos and you're starting to freak out thinking that at some point robots are going to take over for teachers, for yoga teachers, or that you can just sort of use this platform as a way to kind of hijack content to then repurpose as your own. I'm going to give you my uh, opinion about that. So first I want to tell you what chat GPT is. So GPT stands for generative pre-trained transformer. So think of it like a transformer, like a piece of equipment, right? Like a like a little electric box. And chat basically refers to the fact that you chat with it. Now you don't chat with it by talking to it like Siri, you or Alexa, you chat with it by typing in to your computer or your phone. And so, ChatGPT is basically what they call a chat bot, and it's based on the technology that you've probably heard about called artificial intelligence or AI. So, ChatGPT is essentially artificial intelligence chat, and it's made by a company called OpenAI. And the, the way, as, as they say in the business, the use case for this model, the way it's used is sort of similar to Google, where you would type into the little box on your screen once you access um, Chat GPT, which you, you don't access necessarily via the internet. I believe you have to register to have access to the platform that it's on. Um, you type in what you want to learn more about. So let's say you wanted to learn more about anatomy for yoga teaching. And let's say in today's world, you went to Google and you said, I want to learn anatomy for yoga teaching. And you got a whole bunch of results. You would then have to sort through those results and read a little bit about each result and try to figure it out from what I'm sure would be hundreds and hundreds of results. The difference with chat GPT is you could type the same query into the chat box and it would do all the searching and scrolling behind the scenes for you and return you an actual result that would be really high level and fine tuned. And it's because behind the scenes, my limited understanding is it's accessing all sorts of data and it's actually learning from the data that's in that's updated in the platform and so the reason that this comes up in relationship to yoga teachers is that in this early in these early days of learning about chat gpt if you go on your tiktok you'll see a lot of content creators, a lot of people on TikTok saying, hey, you don't even need to come up with content anymore. You can just go on a chat GPT and just type in, give me five social media posts I could post as a yoga teacher, and it's gonna give you results. Woohoo! right now, think about that. If you hijack that content and post it on your Instagram or your Facebook, even if it's articles or whatever, it's not as if that content is coming from you. Who the heck knows where it's coming from? I don't know how chat GPT built up their database of information. So whatever you're pulling from it, if you're then repurposing it to use as your own, I mean, I sort of feel like that's plagiarism. Again, in today's world of technology, I don't know if they would call it that, but I can tell you that there are a lot of university professors that are already quite worried that the assignments they give are actually going to yield results that come from chat GPT because students in college are just going to high school or college are just going to go to ChatGPT chat GPT to get their essays written and, you know, answers to tests and all that kind of stuff. So I just wanted to bring it up because it is so topical. It's it's um, They actually said in one of the videos I watched yesterday that in the past couple of days, there's already over a million users using this new platform. And for some of these other big platforms like Twitter and, you know, maybe some... Uh, some of the other ones like Instagram and Facebook, it took them so much longer to build to a million users. And it's already at that level after a couple of days. So if you haven't heard about it yet, you will hear about it. And, you know, the other component is, you know, and I can certainly speak from experience as someone who teaches anatomy to yoga teachers, you could go to a platform like Chat GPT and get results back. When you asked it a question, how can I learn anatomy for yoga teaching? But there is so much nuance that is involved in really learning anatomy for teaching yoga that can only be communicated between people. And of course that happens in the context of a mentorship or coaching or training program. And so I just share that with you as something to keep in mind. You know, there are, and this comes up a lot when I have yoga teachers enroll in my program and they're blown away by the quality of the program because it's not just an online course. It also includes the coaching sessions with me. And the reason that often comes up is because for many of the teachers, That's all they were doing before they went to their 200 hour teacher training. And then they realized after they got out there and started teaching, they really didn't understand anatomy and they signed up to take an online course. And all they got was essentially chat GPT results. An online course is essentially what chat GPT would give you as a result. If you asked it, show me anatomy for yoga information. And that isn't enough buying books, watching Uh, I'm sorry, buying books, just watching videos in an online course isn't enough because there's that other level, that human component that is adding all the value that comes from talking about how are you going to apply this information to teaching yoga. And I'm sure you know that the application of anatomy to yoga teaching comes in your cues and your sequences and the conversations you have with your students. Those are the three main ways that you take the information and you apply it to what you do. And then there's all the other pieces that have to do with mindset. And I don't know if you're like some of the other teachers I talk to, but mindset is just really top of mind for teachers. You know, they're they're frequently struggling with feelings of imposter syndrome. I really don't like that term, but I'm just using it because I know you know what it means. They frequently worry about what other people think about them, think about their classes, what other teachers think about them, how many people are in their class. So there's all these things that have to do with mindset and it's pretty impossible to get mindset hacks online. You really address those issues by having real conversations with real mentors in person or online, meaning you know in online conversations through Zoom or in person, of course. Uh, but happening in real time with a real human. So I wanted to just start with that because I find these kinds of things fascinating. And I also think just like with crypto and, you know, all of these emerging uh, forms of currency and emerging technologies and emerging things in health and medicine, it's just so important that we all have, I think, an understanding, at least a limited understanding of what these things are enough that if someone asked us at a party, like, Hey, what do you know about chat GPT? You were able to at least explain it a little bit. Um, I had a funny conversation with my dad the other day where he was talking about sending someone a really long email. And I said, dad, why don't you just send them a quick text message and see if you can just get them on the phone. And he just, or send him a quick text message to just get some conversation going. And he just couldn't imagine sending somebody a text message where he normally was sending an email. And I was like, dad, it's 2022. You can just send them a text. So anyway, that's the first piece I wanted to talk about. Now, the other thing I wanted to mention is, and I know we're kind of two episodes now past this, but I wanted to make sure that you caught episode 216 with Dr. Trish Corley. So the reason I bring this up is because I, I continue to hear a lot from yoga teachers that they're worried that people are gonna get hurt in their classes. And we had a really um, good conversation around this particular piece in our um, in that particular episode. And I don't wanna to reiterate too much of it because I really want you to go listen to that episode if you haven't. Um, the, the bottom line is, The the fear of people getting hurt in your classes is a bit misplaced because it's really not something you can control. And so the, the reality is, as yoga teachers, we can't control who comes to our class and we can't control what physical condition they're in. And so to say we don't want anybody to get hurt in our classes is illogical because we have no control over the variables that contribute to injury. Now, of course, one of the variables that could contribute to an injury in our class is what we're teaching them. But there's also how they're doing it, which we can't control. But we can mitigate any risk if we do certain things. And we can mitigate risk by sharing clear cues, and we can definitely control that, and by being very intentional about what poses we have them do. And we can definitely control that and being present, meaning we're not practicing with the class. We're watching them with our eyeballs (laughs) and we can definitely control that. So those are just three. And there are other ones um, that I talk about in my conversation with Trish. I just wanted to bring that up as a topic because I think that if you are like some of the other teachers that I talk to, you might have fears around that as well. And definitely send me a DM on Instagram. If this is something that worries you and you really feel like it's getting in the way of you teaching uh, comfortably and, and fearlessly, because it really can get to be a problem and a barrier for teachers in showing up fully. So DM me on Instagram if you want to talk about that. I'm happy to get on the phone with you. The other thing I wanted to mention is I've started to do mini workshops, meaning 30 minutes or less, well, 30 minutes, uh, but not an hour. Sometimes I'll I'll do them for an hour. Sometimes I'll do just 30 minutes. And if you are on my VIP mailing list, you are starting to see a little bit of different verbiage on my mailing list uh, emails. About these mini workshops. So, I just wanted to kind of give you, you know, just in the spirit of being transparent, give you that behind the scenes that I'm very intentionally uh, shifting from having a big to do over an hour long workshop once a month to a series of mini workshops throughout the month to make it easier for you to come to a workshop, to make them less time so that it's less of a strain on your schedule, but still to deliver value in a 30 minute timeframe. So if you're not on my VIP mailing list, download the sequence template on my website and you'll be automatically added to the list. If you are on my email list, you're starting to see these really short emails and some of them have notices about workshops during the week that are just 30 minutes. So that's what's going on there. What I wanted to talk about today, like the main theme for today, especially with the holidays coming up, I know people are stressed about just a whole number of things and it can be a fun time. It can also be a stressful time. Everybody has different, you know, things going on with their family, sometimes You know, people aren't feeling well. There's just a whole bunch of things in mind. So with that, I wanted to present a theme that had to do with simplifying things. How can we simplify the way that we're approaching teaching? Because when we make things complicated, it feels heavy. When we make things complicated, everything takes longer. When we make things complicated, guess what? It's harder for our students. And it really interferes with the clarity Uh, and purity of their experience. So I wanted to just share a couple of ideas around keeping things simple as a way to decrease stress for you, decrease um, confusion for your students and just create an overall better experience. So the first thing is, and this is something I've talked about before and it really falls into this category and that is teaching a similar sequence from class to class. This is one of the best things you can do to improve your teaching, to improve the experience for your students, and to improve your cues, to improve your confidence. All of that happens when you refute the mindset that many yoga teachers have, which is, my students will get bored if I teach the same thing. That is bullshit. (laughs) That is not true. That is your perception, that is your belief, that is not a fact. So, you know, I could give you lots of examples, the least of which is I taught for Baron Baptiste for for many years in the beginning of my um, career and everybody taught the same sequence. You know, for years we taught the same sequence. Now let's not be, I don't know, is pedantic the right word? It doesn't mean it's literally the same sequence every single class down to the exact letter of the law. You might change a little bit, take out a balance, add a balance, do twisting triangle, don't do twisting triangle, although that probably would be too big of a change. You know, there might be a little couple of changes. So yeah, is it gonna be literally the same? No, but generally 95% of it's going to be the same. And having said that, you are gonna be different when you show up to teach that class and that similar sequence from class to class. You are going to use different cues. You are going to emphasize different things. So the experience will feel different for your students. And honestly, even if you did teach the the same actual sequence from class to class and say the exact same thing, it's going to feel different in your students' bodies because they're showing up to the mat differently because our bodies are always in a state of change right some mornings you wake up your back hurts the next morning you wake up it feels great etc so please refrain from buying into that perception that creates so much additional weight on your shoulders and tasks for you to do oh my goodness the sitting down for 2 hours and writing out a sequence no 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 that does not need to happen and in fact The result of that is usually that you can't pull it, pull it out. You can't, you can't, I can't think of the phrase. It makes it, it makes your job harder. When you're changing things all the time, it makes your job harder. Why are you making your job harder? Make your job easier. Give yourself less to worry about when you show up in the room to teach your class. And one of the best ways you can do it is by teaching a similar sequence from class to class. And guess what? The better you are at teaching that sequence, the less risk to your students, which relates back to what we were talking about when it comes to injuries. All right, number two, use action cues. If we want to make things easy, and I don't mean easy like it's an easy class. We want to make things easier for us as a teacher so we can be more present, so we can be more clear, so we can be more effective. One of the best things you can do is just use action cues. Don't get into all the anatomy, especially if you don't know it. Don't even get into somatic-based, feeling-based cues. Just tell your students what you want them to do. I can go into a lot of examples when I coach yoga teachers about how I help them experience this as a cueing technique, and it's freaking transformative I've talked about this on my Instagram and my stories. I mean, some of these exercises I take teachers through to show them the power of action cues. They say to me, how come no one's taught me this before? And I'm like, because most teachers don't teach the way I teach when it comes to coaching teachers. (laughs) They just don't. Like I am sort of an oddball when it comes to how I coach teachers. I just sort of cut to the heart of the matter and I just take away all the excess. And it just comes from the way I, the lens through which I look at things and my knowledge of anatomy. And it's just a very different experience. And it's one that really gives teachers results. And many times they'll say to me, like, I just don't understand why I've never thought of it this way before. And and I'll say, well, that's because no one's taught it to you this way before. Like we really, the industry really makes the teaching job much harder than it needs to be. So action cues. The next thing, move beyond practicing with your class so you can just stand there and teach. I want you to imagine how easy, how easy it will feel to just get out of your car, you're feeling good, you walk into the studio, you greet your students, you get in front of the class and you say, hi, everybody. I'm so glad to be here. Great to see you. Let's start our practice. Please come into downward facing dog. And you're just standing there and you're just saying that. And now you're looking at them in down dog and you're feeling your feet on the floor and you're feeling relaxed and you're feeling present. And that's the space from which you begin to teach your class. And it just continues. There's none of this rolling out a mat and going on into downward dog and you can't see your students and you can't clearly speak because you're out of breath because you're all of that just makes it so much harder. It makes your job harder and it makes their ability to have a, it makes their ability to understand you harder. And it limits their experience because you're practicing with your class. And so that's another thing you can do to really make things easy. Now, another aspect of making things easy has to do with mindset. So mindset, uh, making mindset uh, changes so that you have got just an easy mindset is number one, make every class just Do your best in every class in terms of the teaching that you offer and just let that be enough. Just let that be enough, right? Don't go home and hem and haw over it. Don't worry if people come up to you after class and I don't know, I hope they won't give you bad feedback. You know, just don't worry about any of those things. Like if you're in a judging yourself perspective, just commit to just leaving that. Show up, your heart's in the right place take on the suggestions I made in the first part of this conversation and just let that be enough. Just let it be. There's no need to go home and rehash it. I see a lot of that from the teachers I work with in my program. A lot of extra energy goes into analyzing the class they just taught. You get nothing out of that. And it's already done. So there's nothing you can change. And in fact, your perception is probably not the perception of your students. They probably loved it. So it's really a lot of wasted energy. So uh, making mindset easy and healthy is to just go in and teach, do your best and just be done with it. Let that be enough. The second thing is worry less about what other people think of you and instead think, how can I be more helpful? So it's just a reframe. It's just instead of worrying about what people think, just go into every interaction with how can I be helpful? And that will shift your energy to something that you can actually control because you can't control what people think. The third thing is whenever you feel nerves coming up and I've said this before, but I've heard from teachers that it's really been helpful to them. So I wanna repeat it. And it's a really simple thing. Whenever you feel nerves coming up when you're teaching just feel your feet on the floor and take a couple of deep breaths. You can do this as you're holding students in a pose. You switch your focus to yourself You're probably already noticing yourself and your inner landscape because you're feeling the nerves come up. So just focus your your attention on your feet on the floor and take a couple of deep breaths and you'll feel things ease. Uh, Two more. The, The second to last one is curate your social media so that you're just looking at accounts and content that you're learning from that's a value to you because social media can be a trigger to mindset problems. When we start to feel less than when we start to feel like we're not popular enough or whatever it is, all these things that are just triggers. You know, I have accounts that long ago, I just stopped following because they were triggers for me. Now there really aren't any accounts that are triggers for me because those kinds of things don't bother me anymore. But when I was developing a healthier mindset i was really triggered by a lot of stuff like that Um, teachers that i perceived were more popular than me and just all of this stuff that just was just a waste of my mental energy so if you're feeling triggered by certain things just don't watch them don't listen to them don't follow them only follow things that are inspirational for you and informational And then the last thing is, and this is a big one, you know, I'm even in an entrepreneurial group, which I love, love, love the peeps in this group, but I am amazed by how much negative statements people make about themselves. Like we'll be on these coaching calls and people will start out, you know, they're going to ask a question and they'll start out by saying, oh God, I just, I just feel like such a stupid person because I blah, 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 blah. You know, don't talk badly about yourself. Oh, gosh. I mean, just replace it with loving thoughts, with good thoughts, with good language. Really start to be more aware of what you say as it relates to you as a teacher. And anytime you find yourself saying things like, that wasn't a good class, or I'm not good enough, or I can't teach yoga. I'm just someone who worked in a such and such a job, or this is my full-time job. It doesn't have anything to do with yoga teaching. Who am I to think I could teach yoga? You know, all of these negative things that you say. I'm not talking about the things you say to yourself, the things you say out loud. You come home and you say to your, you know, your family, oh, that class was awful. Like just forget it. Just drop it. Don't even say those kinds of negative things because they seep into your subconscious and that's where those beliefs start to come up. So drop that negative thought and those thoughts that, uh, I'm sorry, drop the things that you say that are negative and replace them with positive. And then one last thing I wanted to say on a different topic, which is more of an anatomy theme, Just think about as you're teaching your classes this week, if you can add in more lateral movements, because we do a lot of movements front to back in the sagittal plane, but we don't do a lot of movements in the frontal plane. So anything where you have people stepping into a straddle, if you can even add some movement side to side, like lateral lunges, that's a really good thing because it kind of counteracts a lot of the movement we typically do, which is more in the uh, sagittal plane front to back. So that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please send me a DM on Instagram and let me know uh, what you thought. And then the final thing I'll say is I'm looking for eight more teachers. I have two right now. I'm looking for eight more teachers who are interested in Finding out more about a group training program I'm going to do starting January 15th. And this is inspired by my own experience in my entrepreneurial group, which is so positive. Uh, I'm just, I'm learning so much and being part of a group experience is just so energizing. And so what I'm thinking of doing is taking my one-on-one program, which I'll continue to do and running a group in January for 90 days. So if you're interested in that, I want you to DM me the word group on Instagram, and I'll send you more information about how you can get on the wait list. All right. It was so great to talk to you today. And I look forward to talking with you on the next episode of Conversations for Yoga Teachers. Namaste. Hi there. Thank you so much for listening to this latest episode. And thank you so much for being part of my community and for spending some time with me here on the show. I wanted to wrap up this episode with just a quick note. I have a brand new recorded workshop workshop page, and I'm really excited to offer you an opportunity to watch recorded workshops whenever you want. I have the first installment of a workshop on the page on the website, and it is a short workshop all about how to give effective cues. And so all you need to do to watch this free workshop is go to my website, barebonesyoga.com and you'll see the listing in the drop-down for recorded workshops. When you click that page, you'll see on that page the link to sign up to watch that recorded workshop. I'll be adding more workshops in the future to this page and it's a way that you can access educational and growth information for teachers without having to make a workshop at a particular time. I love to get together with teachers live, both in person and of course online, which is where I'm doing most of my interaction with teachers right now. However, I appreciate that sometimes people can't make a workshop or the time doesn't work for them or they're in a different time zone. So I want you to know that this page can be a resource for you so that as you're out there and you have questions about different things, or you have maybe a half an hour or 45 minutes that you wanna to devote to your continuing education as a teacher, you can just go to my website, pull up this recorded workshops page, and there will be resources there for you to take a look at. and. All of the workshops that I share are all designed at number one, giving you information and number two, giving you the skills that come from getting that information. It doesn't do you any good if I'm just giving you information on anatomy. If I don't show you how you can use it in your teaching to grow as a teacher, to grow your impact, then it's really not very useful. So all my workshops will have that dual focus sharing a little bit, and then showing you how to apply it. So I hope you'll check that out. If you have any questions or feedback, definitely let me know. Just send me an email, karen at Thank you so much for listening to the show. And I look forward to hearing from you. Namaste.